Hey team, welcome back to the 2022 and 2022 challenge. My name's Craig, I'm your host for the podcast, and today I have a fantastic episode coming up for you. So a couple of weeks back I had a chance to speak with Grant Keenan, the International Academy Manager from the Canterbury Crusaders, and we speak about all things rugby, Japan rugby, All Black Rugby, Crusaders Rugby, the leadership course that's going to be run by the Canterbury Crusaders coming up in October, I believe, and the ongoing courses as well. A fantastic conversation. I think you really enjoy it. Um, Grant's so easy to speak to and really, really interesting in terms of his experience and insight. So sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy uh, the chat that we had today. The other point I'd like to ask is I really need you to help support me. Donate, please. Uh, I'm raising, um, I'm fundraising for mental health and rugby in the UK. And I've set the challenge of raising £2,022 by running and walking 2,022 k's during the year. So far, I've raised over £1,100, I think, 900 and something to go. And I've got 760 k's to cover before the end of the year. So I'm really looking forward to get getting stuck in to do that. The links uh, for Just Giving pages are within the intro on Spotify. You can have a look at all, on all the socials that I've got. But all of this is voluntary. Uh, the time for me to walk, creating the episodes, speaking to people, editing, etc. So please, I'd really, I'd really love the support. Um, I am enjoying doing what we're doing. The people and guests that we're speaking to are fantastic. And I get a real kick out of sort of sharing their story uh, with listeners. So let's get on with the show. Thanks a lot. Right. Recording's on. Morning, Gruntup. Morena, konnichiwa. How are you, mate? G'day, Craig. How are you? Nice yeah. to hear from you and good yeah. to see you. Yeah, it's lovely to have you on board, mate. Thanks uh, Thanks for making the time. Um, you're in Japan at the moment. Tell me how it's going. Uh, it's very hot, hot and humid. So uh, we're right in the start of summer here. Uh, so she's around sort of that 37, 38, 39, very high humidity, uh, which is which is great. Uh, I'm a person who uh, who likes the heat anyway, but um, she's struggled to sleep at night. And, and as you know, mate, coming from New Zealand, we don't quite get that heat. So do you, um, is it high humidity you were saying earlier? Yeah, very, yeah, very high humidity. Do you get much, does it get very humid in Christchurch then? It does a little bit, but nowhere near like it does here. This is just this is just another level. Air conditioning, full bore. Air conditioning is rocking at night, I can tell you. <laughs> so, how? Um, tell us about the connection with the Crusaders and and uh, where you are at the moment. Yeah, so part of my role as international Canterbury manager for the Crusaders, we when I first went into the role, I I probably struggled to understand why the Crusaders didn't have a partner in Japan. A number of the other super sides in New Zealand did. So working uh, really close with um, an agent agency here in New Zealand that uh, we, we we got our brains together and we ended up connecting with Hino Red Dolphins, which is a team just in West Tokyo. They were second division at, at that time um, and looking to get into first division. So we've been partnered with them now for three years. Uh, since 2018. It has been a challenge with COVID, 
Uh, however, we've had to make some changes this year. So with this partnership, uh, Hino Red Dolphins, what they get from us is basically all our IP. Uh, but the challenge for us, Craig, was helping them implant that IP into their coaching group and then into the playing, and, and then how we can look at adjusting Hino's play, not, not to be the Crusaders, but to try and pick up and learn what the Crusaders do. So uh, what we did there was um, I've accepted a role up here for till May 23, and uh, so my role was High Performance Manager. So it's looking at our systems, our structures, our facilities here, um, here at Hino and seeing if we can you know, improve their high performance. So... Uh, excuse me. And how open were they to um, having the Crusaders become involved? Yeah, they've been really good. Um, I must admit the head coach here, Muchi, uh, he's a former Japanese captain, um, 47 tests for Japan, I think 40, 45 as captain, a couple of World Cups. Um, he's been excellent, very open, uh, willing to learn, and in some ways has given me a, a free reign to to add in what we need to do to to make some you know some massive changes in in how how he know play the game. And it's again, it's not trying to play like the Crusaders, but it's taking out the Crusader skill set. Because if I look at attack, it's as we know, all attack shapes work. It's it's not the attack shape; it's it's the player skill set, and that's what we've got to try and improve here. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the group of players, oh, coaching setup. Uh, in terms, you, you were talking about Moochie. Who are the other coaches that are involved and whereabouts do they come from? So Moochie's our head coach. Our assistant coach is Japanese. Uh, so he's assistant. So he'll, he'll, he's line-out coach. We then have a Japanese forward coach. So as we know, most teams will have a set piece coach and, and normally that your set piece coach will be stronger in scrums or stronger in line outs, you know, depending if he's a prop or a lot. How it works here is they split that, but I've sort of said that if we're if we're going to be really serious here, we need to narrow two coaches down to one, uh, which is which I think is the way it should be. Um, so then I'm going to be looking after the attack and then uh, we have uh, a South African coach coming in. So um, We've got Andre Pretorius. So uh, Andre is a, a former team for South Africa, 07 World Cup. Yeah. And he's he's going to come in. Um, he's not here at the moment. He's, we're just trying to get his visa. So he's probably probably four weeks away. But I think Andre will just bring something a little bit different into the group. Um, he'll have a different mindset. Um, he comes from coaching a Curry Cup side that is sort of middle of the table. He's a full-time coach, one of the top four universities. Not the top university, but the top four. Um, so he's he's used to having to work hard to get players. His facilities aren't the number one facilities, and yeah. I guess there's a lot of similarities between what he's doing there and what we have here. Look, yeah. we don't we don't have the best stand best facilities, uh, but we're trying to make them high performance. So I feel his transition when he comes in will be will be quite seamless. Uh, but I feel Andre will just bring something different, and uh, and he's a good man too. So uh, looking forward to having him in. It's fantastic. A bit of spit and sawdust never hurt anybody. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's the way we all grew up. And uh, we just, you know, if it's if it's a little bit nicer, then that's great. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so the, the language gap, how do, I'm assuming that a lot of the Japanese guys can communicate in some form of English or is a lot, how many overseas have you got? 
or is it a mixture of both? That's a that's a great point, and uh, I, I think that's the great thing about coming to Japan is you know it's, it's a great place. The people are great. It's extremely safe. Uh, you leave your wallet on the train. Um, you go back two days later to the same train. The wallet will still be there. Um, you know they're they're great people. Uh, the food's great. The beer tastes great. But the the key is is you've got to learn their language. And yeah. I think the great thing is as long as you try. Now we have we have two translators, and, and most of the teams in Japan will have two to three translators, um, and they're with you pretty much all the time. However, due to COVID, we haven't been able to um, continue with one on one or, or, or a group of us uh, learning the Japanese language. We're hoping once COVID settles down a little bit here that that comes back in. But it's just about trying to. I guess I try and learn one or two words a day, and if I can pick that up, then I way I go. Um, you do get lazy, like you want to learn the language, but having a translator here, you know, he, he picks up that slack for you. Um, yeah. in, in some ways, Craig, like, you know, teams spend a lot of money on our on our rugby rugby team and in regards to, you know, overseas players. And I think money needs to be well spent on, on translators as well, because if the point's not translated properly, then it doesn't get through. So yeah. our translators are really crucial. But for us as foreigners, you know, we need to just work a little bit harder and try and learn, you know, a word a day. And then, you know, that, that the Japanese then respect that as well. So what's been, your, what, what are the couple of words that you've been you learned, picked up this week then that you've uh, put in practice? Uh, what have I learned this week? Yes, I have. And uh, I'm getting a bit old actually, Craig, and I've actually forgotten it because it was one of the boys who's doing some fitness and it was, I needed to get his knees up, so I had to ask someone, and I've completely forgotten it. So, um, but um, I get, I guess I, I just try my bat, broken Japanese and just add an O on it. You know, it's sort of like a taco, uh, speedo, yeah. oh. uh, seto. You know, so they they generally get it. <laughs> I could go with a, a funny story from Japan, from um, France, with uh, me and my family. I'll tell you another time. You'll just <laughs> laugh. Um, oh. In, in terms of your translators, do they come from a rugby background? Because some of the stuff that you'll be asking them to to tell can, if, if you're not from the game, it can be a little bit hard to potentially to translate. 100%. There's two types of translators. There's, there's translating English and there's translating rugby English. Or there's okay. translating Japanese and there's translating rugby Japanese. So you, ideally, if you've got a translator that's played the game before brilliant yeah however the translation and the and the the explanation is crucial if they've played the game we're lucky both our boys have played the game before and they get it so uh yeah great point oh that makes it makes it a lot easier um so in terms of this season what are the expectations what are the what's the aim for the for the squad oh cheapest you know, there's the expectations to win every game and win them by 50 points. That's the expectations. And we know that's not going to happen. You know, we're, we're second division. We were top league. Yep. Uh, we got relegated uh, two seasons ago. Uh, so our, our goal was to get back into top league. Um, so we've actually just started pre-season uh, two weeks ago. So we started uh, sort of towards the end or mid-July. Uh, we don't play our first game, pre-season games to October, and we don't play our first league games till December. So traditionally in Japan, it's a very long pre-season, you know, close to six months. Right. And how long's in season then? So we'll kick off mid-December. I think our first game's round about a week before Christmas, and then we'll play probably play Christmas. Uh, 
will go right through to uh, end of April, depending on where we sit, middle of May. Oh, that's pretty good. It's a good short mm. season, is it? I didn't realise the pre-season was so long. That's brilliant. Yeah. And in terms of uh, play, playing group, have you got people from all over the world coming in, a lot of or a lot more uh, local players? Yeah, we've got. Um, we'll have about 49, 48, 49 in our squad this year. Uh, there's probably about fifty percent, sixty, fifty percent of those boys will be professional, and fifty percent will be workers. So out of the out of that sort of uh, forty-eight, nice round number, twenty-four will be professional, twenty-four, twenty-five will be workers. So. The professional boys will have 13 of those boys are overseas boys, okay, and, and the balance are, are Japanese professionals. Um, in regard to the workers, um, the company boys, they work in the morning, so they'll work 8 to 12, and then they'll come in the afternoon. So they'll be here by 1 o'clock, they'll have some food before they come, and we're able to kick in trainings at, at sort of that 1.30ish time. We have to split the trainings at the moment. So a lot of the professional boys will do their gym in the morning and then we'll do our skills and everything in the afternoon. And then the, the workers will do their uh, gym session after um, after skill sets. Now, that's pretty much with all teams. Um, in regards to our foreign boys, we've got a real mixture from where the boys come between uh, New Zealand, Australia, um, South Africa. Uh, we've got some, you know, got some very good boys. Uh, we've got uh, Rory Arnold, who's the current Australian mock. Yeah, he'll be here later in the year. Uh, we've got a former All Black and uh, Augustine Pulu. Uh, we've got former uh, Super players and uh, TJ Fayani, who played for the Blues. Simon Hickey played this year for Crusaders. Um, Dan Vusthazen, who played for the Blues, uh, sorry, played for the Bulls. So we've got a, a, a nice little mixture. We've got some young boys as well, some young 20, 21 year olds that uh, we're developing uh, in time that there's, there's a five year residency rule here. So once players have played five years, they then qualify themselves for to play for Japan or they qualify themselves to become a local. Right, okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Personally, I, I, I don't know if it's the right move forward for Japan rugby because it's actually affecting the growth of Japanese boys. And, and you'll see a, a lot of teams now, um, they are getting a lot of Pacific Island boys in there and they're, they're really sort of maximising that rule. Yeah. So what that looks like, Craig, is you could have, if we're, we're allowed four foreigners on the field at any one time, but you could have up to eight or nine or ten foreigners. So you could have your four foreigners plus five or six um, uh, Japanese resident players. So how do the local players feel about that then? Oh, oh, I feel for them, to be honest. Yeah. Like They never say anything because they're just, they're so proud of working for the company and they're so proud to be part of the rugby team. But, you know, deep down, it would, it would hurt them, you know. Uh, yeah. However, they're part of a team that's the rule that we have and, and we have to live with it. I'd, I'd love to see that rule be be stretched out to possibly 10 years. And I'll, I'll give you an example, mate, is if a young boy comes here at university age, so he spends four years going to a Japanese university, so he comes here at 17 or 18, gets picked by, up by a university team, you know, 21, 22, he's finished a university, comes to a company team, He's only got to play one year in that company, and then all of a sudden he's now regarded as a as a Japanese player. So, yeah, um, yeah it's hard for the Japanese boys. I, I feel for them. I think the same same in the UK. I think there are too many 
overseas players playing in the Premiership and the other leagues down because that stifles your academy players coming through. You know, and that's and uh, it's it's not good. It's great for you know we've got all these big names in our in our club and it just attracts the attention of local supporters. I you know, but. There's over two million people playing rugby in the UK, so <laughs> they've got a they they they've got a big pool. They just need to start yeah. selecting uh, correctly. Yeah, but I agree. It's a professional game as well, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I know that there are, um, and I've seen online, and you've sent the messages through that some of the Crusaders uh, have been through Northern America as well. Yeah, so we have um, we have Shane Fletcher, uh, who's a Crusader manager, and we were meant to have Aaron Webb, um, our Crusaders Academy manager. We're heading up to Canada for two weeks just to run some uh, couple of camps up there. Uh, one was with the uh, Canadian under 16s and under 18 group. Uh, so again, it wasn't so much coaching the players; it's coaching the coaches uh, to just add a bit of Crusader flair. Uh, and then from there, uh, heading into the States and just going around our various contacts through the States, again, running um, those those coaching programs. So a lot of the coaching on the grass and then separately with coaches in the classroom. It's been a bit tough on, and you know Shane Fletcher, it's been a bit tough on old Fletch because um, Aaron Webb uh, was meant to be late, well, flying out on the Monday and uh, on the Sunday he caught COVID. So uh, we had to have a mad call of trying to find someone, you know, seven or eight hours before he's flying out. We couldn't. So uh, Shane right. Fletch is doing it hard on his own up there. But uh, I think he's enjoying it a lot. I'm sure he'd love it. Love to get, yeah. grass, you know, feet on the grass. And I know that he said that he loved coaching, you know, yeah. so it'd be good to be back on the on the ground. So to those, is that a one-off or that will be something that uh, the franchise will look to do? Yeah, we, we look to go to the States twice a year. So our, our, our time was we try and get up there in July, August, somewhere around that time. And then we try and head back again in January. So what we're aiming to do there, Craig, is we're trying to attract international players like, like the, the American boys and girls that come to our International Academy in Christchurch where we run these camps. So our, our camps run from February, March, which is predominantly pre-season. Then from sort of end of March or start of April, when our season starts, we'll go right through to the end of July, which is normally round about a 20-week period. So we sort of run three types of programs. We run a 20-week program, which is the entire season. We then run a 12-week, which is the first 12 weeks of the program. And then the last eight weeks, which is the June and July period. Now, that June and July period really suits the North American market. So that's our our US friends and Canadian friends, that's their, their summer holidays. They come down to us during this time. We train these boys twice a day, uh, Monday through to Friday, three times on a Tuesday and a Thursday because they go and play for their club teams. Then they play on Saturday, Sunday's day off for them, and then Monday they're back in. And we use this to, uh, I guess, coach the crusade away. Um, yeah. In addition to that, Craig, we also try and uh, attract coaches uh, and you've been one of them and, and you're bloody great on it to our courses. So I guess over COVID that had to change. We went the online way, but um, before COVID we'd always try and get 20 to 22 coaches to come to this, come to the Crusaders, have a couple of weeks with us and again, just learn the Crusader way. I'll tell you what, the, the course is brilliant. I would have loved to have been in the class. 
you know, because yeah. some of the conversations that we had before and after was just bloody fantastic. Well, that's the thing, mate. And, and as we know, it's, you know, you learn from coaches, but you learn from each other. And yeah. I think I mentioned to you on the course, the last course that we had in 2000, must have been 2019, uh, five or six, five coaches went across the road to uh, Machino's, which is a nice wee coffee shop. And uh, they went in to grab a coffee before things were starting. And, and Ronan Agara, who was the assistant coach of the Crusaders, turned up for his daily poached eggs on toast. And the boys started talking to, to Rog. And Rog said, boys, come and sit down with me and uh, I'll eat the eggs and we'll talk. Yeah. Well, I think they had close to 45 minutes to an hour with Rog. And the boys said that they learned so much in, in talking with, with Rog. And I think that's the wee chats that you miss. Like yeah. the online stuff's great, but it's those wee together chats going, well, should I have a problem here? And, you know, the other coaches in the group said, should I have exactly the same? And then Rog just is able to put their minds at ease. Yeah, exactly. Do so before we started. Uh, I I said I wanted to cover how players could sort of make their way into the professional path, whether it be Japan or through the Crusaders. Um, if you're an up and coming player and you sort of come across the episode today, what would your recommendations be around sort of different pathways? I think if you ever talk to Scott Robinson or, or Razor, he'll always talk about a young player that um, the biggest investment any player can, young player can make is in his body. That's your tool, that's your vehicle. You know, get your body right. So that's your eating, that's your sleeping, that's your hydration, that's your weights program, that's your strength and conditioning, all those sort of things. The, the biggest investment young players today can make, invest in your body. Look, academies are here, there and everywhere. Um, oh, our academy, you know, we, we try and focus on the real fundamentals of the game. And I think that if we can implant all those learnings onto young players, and if they can gain as much learnings as they can while they're young from various coaches, from various um, environments, I think that's how players can learn. Um, but, but I'll go back again. Young players, invest in your body, invest time in that, get it bigger, stronger, eat well, sleep well, try and get into different environments to improve your skill set. Uh, different coaches and so forth. What about coaches then? The same question for coaches. I, I think coaches is, um, again, is, is pushing the boundaries. Um, you know, I had an opportunity and I've coached, coached uh, the ladies, a female side, and was lucky to do the Black Ferns. Um, totally different coaching. Um, females ask more questions. A lot of, you know, why, why, why? And and it's just, it's just then just, their nature yeah. but i'll tell you what it really tested us as as a coach um i think coming to in japan for example coming to an environment where they don't speak your language yeah. which is another another real test for you um you know you may not have a translator so it's again trying to think how am i going to put this together so that players can understand that players can understand you know the coaching points that you're trying to get across yeah, so I'm just thinking about <laughs> the time when we were in France. I'll tell you the story, actually. We were in France, we were in this patisserie, we'd stop, we're in the middle of nowhere, and uh, my other half, bless her, uh, she she can't speak any French, or she can say, you know, bonjour, um, but she was trying to pay, we were having to pay for these uh, pastries that we'd bought, <laughs> and the boys were in with her, and I'd walked in, and she said, in a French accent, which really didn't help. It was English as well. Um, so that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> she, and she, she came up with, uh, we're going to pay. And all of a sudden she goes like this. 
and and the boys looked at me as if to say what is she doing and she said we're going to pay by card and that this must be in the international translation for paying by debit card because oh nobody else nobody else in the in the shop yeah we were just testing ourselves laughing it was one of the funniest things ever we and we were laughing about in the car once we got back in the car we we're driving down the road and um we got to a roundabout and i just burst out laughing and the boys burst out laughing rose burst out laughing it was five o'clock traffic and we were stopped in the middle of a roundabout and I couldn't go anywhere because I was laughing so much with tears coming. <laughs> cars were tooting, cars were stopping. Oh God, it was just one of the funniest things ever. Anyway. Yeah, it's a, yeah and, that, and that's, you know, like you have some funny things around the translation side of things. Yeah. And um, and I guess you just, you just got to do your best to try and learn the language, try and find a way to get your point across. And I think if, if everybody knows that you're doing it with the best of intentions, they'll try and help help you along or try and fill yeah. the gap as well. Definitely, definitely. So tell us about um, the DNA for Japanese rugby. You know, we, so I'll give some context to that question. England previously have been very much forward oriented, put it up and, you know, and just grind people down. The South Africans, they're just big buggers and they'll just grind you all the way through us, it's hands, skill set in New Zealand and, bank, you know, just keep on going high tempo. What about the Japanese DNA in their rugby? Yeah, I, I think the, the Japanese DNA rugby, I think they're strong set piece. Um, I think they're, they're, their props and hookers are, are generally good scrummaging uh, footy players. Um, the challenge they have is they don't have tall locks in Japan. You know, yeah. your Japanese boys, you know, are tall locks, 192, 193. Um, so that, that's a challenge. Um, I think the back play, I think they're extremely skillful. They're quick on their feet. They're elusive. Um, and they try and play that game, you know, and I yeah. think that's their DNA. That's their point of difference. Speed of the game, keep the intensity high and really back their skill set. Trust their skill set under pressure. I think that's their, their DNA. And Jeepers, when they get that right, you know, when, when the Japanese boys get that right, it's really good rugby to watch. Um You'll see a lot of the top league stuff here, um, and in and in the second and third division stuff, it's quick, it's really fast, um, and it's 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 adjusting to that. And uh, I, I reckon that's their point of difference. Do the overseas players um, have to adjust to the the speed of play when they arrive? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, and sometimes it gets too quick, and sometimes it needs to be slowing down because things are going 100 mile an hour, and then they tend to get rushed. Sometimes, lots of times, uh, skill set is not always at the standard that meets the, I guess, the the quickness of the game. So it's trying to get the skill set to marry the speed. We get they get those two things right, then they become really dangerous. I think one thing that for me that sums up what I've seen of the international side for Japan is the precision, and yeah. you know, and when it's when it's precise, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, and I think too, mate, you see a lot of very, very good rugby players that are playing for their countries. You know, tonight's test, uh, the All Blacks playing South Africa. You know, there's yep. three or four South African boys who are playing top league here. So you've got All Blacks that have played here. You've got English internationals. You've got Australian internationals. So all players around the world who are Pablo Montero. Uh, he's going to be coming uh, here next year. So... It's now becoming a league, and, and Robbie Deans believes that this league is getting as strong as it's going to. It's going to catch up to Super. It's going to be at that level. Yeah. 
Kim, they says, yeah, I, th I think my only observation on that is, does it just become another place where um, super rugby players come to Japan as opposed to having... Yeah. Oh, sorry, I just got a man. <laughs> just got a, a man now coming into the room. Uh, to oh. the chat. Uh, sorry, sorry, Craig. Yeah, does it become another uh, another Super Rugby competition, or is it? Should it be one of those places where we develop, or where you develop uh, more Japanese rugby players for for the country? I'd rather see the latter. I'd rather see it develop more of the Japanese boys, so that ruling needs to be looked at. However, yep. the Japanese boys learn a lot from the international boys that come in, whether they're you know, a test player, whether they're a super player, whether they're a premiership player, um, they learn from those boys as well, which is important for their growth. And, and I think COVID's probably hurt it quite hard for a number of teams here who yep. haven't had that ability to have any English or, or Irish or Kiwis or Australian influence in around to develop their coaches, you know, develop their SC programs, develop their players. Excellent. Yeah, I agree with that. I know you mentioned um, the test match uh, later on today. Um, Jace Ryan, what kind of an impact do you think he will have had uh, in his short time uh, with the with the AB squad? Cheapers, he's he's uh, he's gone from. Uh, with Fiji, obviously, but he's he's two weeks and all of a sudden he's playing his first test, test match tonight. So um, I think what Jason will bring will be he'll strip things back. He'll simplify things. Um, he'll ensure that players understand their role and they're really, really clear. Um, he'll be really, really clear about what he wants to deliver. Um, and I think what he'll, he'll provide is what he's... He's learned and developed through the Crusaders as, as the player mindset is ensuring that our mindset is on and doing those simple things, and but doing them really, really well. Um, there was a great article I read the other day that Sam Whitelock had, had messaged when he first came into the All Blacks way back before the World Cup in 2011. And there was a little bit of chat about the All, Black, at All Blacks at that time maybe not performing as well. Um, and a lot of the senior players said, don't read the media just focus on your job and your job only and i think that's what jace will bring in into the all black setup as well he'll just have simplify things and then he'll just add his his bits as time goes uh, but it's exciting for jace i'm i've known i'm fortunate and you, and you know jace as well yeah. um really really pleased for him and, and proud of him and i know he'll do a fantastic job I love the interview on stuff that they released. It was a video that he had, must have been with one of the media outlets back home. And he said, I'm on the All Black ticket. You know, when they said, you're on Razor's ticket, he goes, I'm on the All Black ticket. And I thought, yeah, no bullshit. Straight up. It is what it yeah. is. And, and that's and that's how Jace coaches. And that's that's what he'll deliver within that All Black, in it, all black environment. I'm sure he'll be frank and he, he, he'll hold those really honest conversations with, with the All Blacks forward yeah. pack and um, I guess you know we didn't play that as well as what we should have against Ireland so it's exciting tonight. I was really impressed with the Irish uh, I thought they played really really well and I th and I think they definitely deserved to win the series I think we were lucky in the first test uh, with with some of the tries that we scored how did you see the series? Yeah, oh, look, I, you know, a lot of the media, and it's what the media write, um, I thought the Irish were superb, uh, certainly would take nothing away from how they played, but they didn't bring anything new. They didn't bring anything that was that was going to challenge the All Blacks, I feel. I thought what they bought 
um, was a game plan that they all understood very, very well. And they did the simple things extremely well. Um, we probably didn't do those simple things as well as what we would normally do and what we'd expect as Kiwis and as, and as All Blacks. But I think credit to the Irish, uh, they just played the game very, very well. I agree. Will you get to see the rugby this afternoon? Yes. Uh, well, it's 12 o'clock Japan time, so okay. um, I'll be yeah. watching it tonight. You bet. Excellent. Well, I'll be at rugby, so I, I may have to stand in the middle of the field and turn the, turn the phone on. Just ignore 200 people. Uh, um, Fletch Newell. Fletch Newell, he was one of your cults, is that right? Yeah, so uh, Ginge, a.k.a. Ginge, um, Fletch, <laughs> he came through my 19s program. So I had him in two years, 2018 and 2019, and, and again in Canterbury with, with MPC. Fantastic young man, and He's your modern day prop. He's a former uh, number eight. Uh, you know, he's a, obviously a very good scrummager, but he's got great feet. He's got great skills, and he'll just add another dynamic. And I think if you look at the the props now in, in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, look at the French, you look at the Irish, you look at the English. You know, they're more than just scrummagers. What they do around the field with their ball carry, they're all floating, etc. Um, that's something Ginge, uh, sorry, Fletch does and and does well. So. He'll, he'll be a great addition to the All Blacks and he'll just bring another another skill set. I think that maybe that's something we need. Yeah. I know that uh, some of the guys, like Big Carl's going to be moving on. I think we're in a really good position from a New Zealand point of view to have such quality props coming through. How old is Fletch? Uh, so he would be 21, maybe 22. Okay. And he's got a long time to go then as well. He's got a long time to go. And and even, and he's come through the Crusader Academy uh, set up. And there's also another prop called Tamaiti Williams, who's yeah. also Crusader tight head. He can play both sides. Uh, he can play uh, loose and tight. Um, he's an outstanding rugby player. Again, he's a former number eight who's moved into the front row. Um, he's six foot five. Yeah, you know, he's 140 kegs. Uh, got great feet, great ball skills. Um, it won't be long before he'll be an All Black as well. Yeah, he had a, he played for Māori All Blacks and he had a good go there. So I, yeah, the uh, I think timing is all is everything at the moment, and we'll see him. Um, you know, higher on is very very shortly. Can't wait to see yeah. that. They had a great Definitely. season as well. You know, with uh, the Crusaders for yeah. for this Super Rugby season, I was really impressed with them. Both yeah, they were great. And there's also, you know, our Irishman, Oli Yeager. You yeah. know, he's just a champion bloke and cheapest. He's he's knocking on the door of the All Blacks, and I'm sure the Irish would be wanting him to, to return back to Ireland as well. So he's another prop that's that's cheapest. He can't be too far away either. The thing I, I've been impressed with him is he just does his job really, really well. He's but one of those silent assassins. He just keeps working and keeps working and keeps working. You need those guys. You know. Definitely. And, you know, um, that's what the game's about, isn't it? You know, and Ollie's, he's had some injuries over the years. And, uh, you know, this year his injuries were, were very minimal. And he was, you know, he's a starting tight head. And, and he's a fantastic man. And he's a bloody good rugby player. And will he stay for the long term? Or do you think he will head home? Or is he, he's, has he got family, New Zealand family now? Or is... No, his family are, are in the Middle East, are up in Dubai. Um, he's got a, a New Zealand partner that he's engaged to. So um, he'll, he'll have to make a decision pretty soon because um, obviously he'll want to try and play the 23 World Cup, I guess, yeah. 
after that, if that doesn't happen for Ollie, he'll, he'll probably need to make a decision for 2027, I, I would assume. So these guys, a lot of them have, you know, you've spoken about um, fantastic to come through the academy at the Crusaders. The upcoming course you've got in October um, for coaches. I was lucky enough with some of the cohort that I went through to have spent two weeks with you and it was uh, the best investment we've ever had. Um, and I use a lot of the lessons sort of at the club now and will continue to do so for, for a long, long time. The next course, what will that look like and what can people expect? Yeah, so over, over COVID, um, we were very reluctant in looking at running online courses. Obviously, 2019 was our last time we ran a, a course in Christchurch, two weeks. Um, come 2020, uh, we needed to, to make some changes. Um, so we went the online way. Um, so we had, well, actually in 2021, I should say, we had two courses in 2021, and then we had a course this year. Um, our courses, as you know, Craig, are a little bit different. You know, a lot of coaches are looking for the gold nugget. They're looking for something that's going to win them the competition, it's going to win them the, you know, the, the next World Cup. However, you know, we, we try and focus it more around about understanding your people, um, you know, better people, make better rugby players, et cetera, et cetera, make better men. But I, I guess we've, done, we've sort of done that the last couple of years, we now decided we want to take it again to another level. So we've we've partnered with with another company here in Christchurch with with Boomer, um, and we've, we've created this new coaching course. And the, the details will be on www.crusadersCoaching.com. Um, so if any people aren't listening, jump onto that website. It'll answer all your questions. The first course is going to be starting in October the twenty fourth, and it'll go through to Friday, November the fourth. Now, a lot of this time for the coaches, they don't have to be doing it, you know, 12 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning. It can be done in their own time. Um, however, there will be a couple of areas where there will be some question and answer, live question and answering with, with different coaches. There, at that time, they will need to be live. However, at this stage, uh, they won't, won't need to do the course where they have to be doing it right in front with everybody else. So it's something a little bit different. Um, a lot of coaches will have a lot of questions, but my advice is jump onto that uh, website um, and that'll answer everything for the coaches. Will you be involved in the in this upcoming course? I am involved, but I won't be presenting. Uh, we've right. just completed some filming at the moment and um, we've had uh, Razor, Razors uh, will be part of that. Robbie Deans, um, Sam Whitelock, Kieran Reid will all sort of start things off for us. So uh, Wayne wow. Smith is another. Uh, so um, uh, yeah, it's going to be something without giving away too much. It's going to be pretty exciting. And, and I guess moving forward, Craig, it's, we'll be looking at another one in end of January, start of February, and probably another one round about the June, July mark as well. Yeah, I can't, you know, if you get the opportunity, if you're listening today and you want to upskill your coaching, um, jump on because the practicality of the learnings that you're going to get, you can implement straight away. Um, yeah, that's right. Now, I think uh, there was something that came up with me just before. I know that uh, with the with the changes that they've had in the All Blacks, um, you know, we had brought Brad Moore on the coach, and I I think from a from a fans' point of view, I don't think they were dealt with as well as um, they should have been. You know, 
and I think it was unfortunate. You know, Brad, you know, really well. Um, what are your takes? What's your take on the management of, you know, their own after the Irish series? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really feel for both coaches, John Plumtree yeah. and Brad Moore, and, and how, how, this is, how this has come out. Um, and I think we've all got our point of view. Um, you know, Ian Foster's, um, he's under a lot of pressure and uh, he's, he's under a lot of pressure for tonight's game and, and the following tests. And I guess that'll, that could decide what happens from then on. Um, getting back to Brad, you know, I've, had, I've spoke to Brad at length uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, he, he's confided it quite a bit into me and, and with me. And, you know, it's, it's hard and it's, it's yeah. cheap as it's um, what a job to have. Um, you know, when the All Blacks win, the country, you know, will still find something. But jeepers, when we lose, she's just about World War Three, isn't it, Craig? Like, yeah. you know, we've all got our views, which is great. And we've all got our ideas. But rugby's so passionate to us. And um, and we want the All Blacks to do well. And we don't win and we don't play well. You know, there's always someone someone else's fault. But um, I guess from a coaching perspective, you know, that's a really tough decision by uh, New Zealand rugby to, to remove um, two good coaches, two outstanding people. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 a tough call. I know that Smithy, when he was uh, you know moving in and out of the All Blacks, his his the stories that he tells around the the challenges for him and you know the decisions that he had to make and on the family and and the likes. People forget about the human side of things, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, um, that's right. I agree. And I I listened to uh, Razor's conversation with Jim Hamilton the other day on Rugby Pass and it was really he said it's all about people it's all about care and the conversations like Rog had in the cafe and you know Razor being able to catch up with people in the gym in between sets and seeing how things are knowing when they're off mm -hmm. and uh, I think there needs to be a little bit more a lot more connection didn't matter which club you're at didn't matter 100%. which level you're at either you know 100%. it's all about the people um, and I think I think too, Craig, to add to that, you know, you, you know, humans, us, we, we, we like to be cared for, we like to be praised. You know, look, people say, oh, I don't need that, I don't need to be praised. I'll find, no, 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 that's not right. Everyone likes to be looked after, everyone likes to be praised. Yeah. And I think I think all teams do it, and, and everyone tries to do it, um, and everyone has our slogans on the wall and etc. But I guess in some ways, you know, the, the, the Crusaders have shown that, you know, and Razor has brought that in. And, it, and it's always been part of the Crusaders is, you know, the ability to care for people, look after each other and, and ensure we're all working together in, in that right way. And um, yeah. I guess the other side of it too is, you know, when you're recruiting as well for coaches, you know, find out a little bit more about the, 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 the player. Now, I'll give you an example here in Japan. We've got a young boy here who went to a Japanese university so we, we're we're I guess utilizing that role as well he was here for four years now he struggles to speak Tongan um, he struggles to speak uh, English and he struggles to speak, speak Japanese now he is Tongan he does come from an island quite a wee way from the mainland um, and he comes from here where there's no power uh, there's no and, you know so his his family do it really tough and he's here earning money for his family now the boys call him Jay, um, and the coaching and support staff call him Jay. So well, I sat down with him this week, and we had a chat. And we were going over some stuff, because I, I want to help him. And I said to him, you know, what would you like to be called? He said, I would really like if the coaching and management group 
could call me Sione. I said, why is that? He said, because that's my name. I said, well, what, but the boys call you Jay. He says, oh, that's my nickname, but that's okay. I, I would just like the coaching and management to respect me by calling me by my Christian name. So, you know, like I, I, when I sat down with the coaching group, I said, have, has anyone, because he arrived before I'd arrived, yeah. has anyone actually sat down with this young man and actually talked to him and actually find out a little bit more about him? No, they hadn't. So again, it's just showing a little bit of empathy, showing a little bit of care, know your players. And once you start to know your players and understand them, they'll start to work for you, you know, twofold. Great, great leadership starts with the people on the floor, doesn't it? You know, 100%. know your people, you're halfway there. 100%. 100%. Last question before we sign off, I think. Um, two World Cups, two different countries. Put it out there. <laughs> Oh, gee, that's he's uh oh he's a ripper in me. Uh, I see there's there's a lot of media. I think Jeff Wilson came out the other day because he's a New Zealand rugby employer employee. Um, you know, why is he saying this? Why is he saying that? Um again, that's just the media taking, you know, that was through the chat, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And again, that's that's just the media absolutely blowing it up. But so what? Yeah, exactly. Why not have an ambition? I want to coach one team and win a World Cup with that. And I want to coach another team to win a World Cup with that. What's wrong with that? Oh, because it's not politically politically correct? Oh, come on. If that's someone's ambitions, um, bloody good on them. Yeah, exactly. Look, if you if you give them a contract with in you know, in your country and but you don't want to give them the top job, you know, and he's got aspirations to not only be the best club coach in the world, but to take it to the next level, all power to him. Yeah, and, and and if that does happen, you know, does that now become the prototype of coaches? You know, this is what we want to try and aspire to. So, you know, if Scott Robinson does do that and is successful, gosh, isn't that not going to raise every other coach's level as well? Yeah, exactly. Hey, you've got to you've got to keep striving, don't you? You've got to keep striving. Of course striving. you do. Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, oh mate, I reckon it's I think it's I think it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, of course it is. So hey, I will um we'll leave it on that. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope people listening in will take in, you know, the couple of nuggets of gold you've you've spoken around being a better athlete and the pathway for coaches, and that you know, we we see some some coaches have some great experiences on the next course. So thank you very much. Oh, Craig, it's been a bloody pleasure. It's good to see you, mate. And uh, and just to all the coaches, look, that website, www.crusaderscoaching.com, jump on there, uh, it'll answer any of your questions, and hopefully we can we can see you. If it's not in this one in October or November, there's plenty more opportunities uh, next year. So, mate, good to see you, and thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Grunter. Thank you. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the chat today. I hope you've been able to pick out a few threads of gold uh, that you can take away and you know try and test within your environment. The number one takeaway for me was the conversation around knowing your players, understanding where that baseline is, so that you know when they're in flow, when they're above that, but also you can see when things are a little bit off, you can take that time to have a conversation with them see what's going on, see if you can help. I think that's really key to making sure everybody in your environment, whether they're players, coaches, support staff, you understand where they're all at. Uh, 
and that's a real strength of the Crusaders and that comes from top down so let's let's call it a wrap for today um, I'm really proud to be raising fundraising for mental health and rugby in the UK and supporting Brave Mind and Head for Change and my name's Craig Bartlett and you've been listening to the 2022 and 2022 challenge bye for now